Welcome to Hometown Daily. I'm getting right into today's show. Hello, everybody. I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. I'm going to get my uh, camera figured out one of these days so I'm facing the right direction. But for all intents and purposes, up there is the AI for Hometown, the one and only. You want to introduce yourself? Good evening, hometown citizens. That's right, Matt. You're green today. I didn't switch you over to red. We're red, and my background is flames because I've been playing Diablo 4, the VODs of which are over on Twitch. So if you are interested, you might be here right now for the show on Twitch, but it gets turned into a podcast and it gets ported over to YouTube. That was all one breath. Um, anyway. So it gets ported over to YouTube where you can like and subscribe, ring the bell, all that kind of stuff and subscribe over on the podcast and go over to Twitch and subscribe there. It really depends on what flavor of ice cream you like. Anyway, um, welcome to hometown daily. This is season two, episode 154 for June 3rd, 2023. I'm reading a script right now. Today's episode is titled federal health care for honeybees. It's working and more news. I would normally do a quick rundown of all of the articles, but I don't do that anymore. You know why? Because I want to get right into the news. I want to get right into the news. I think everybody appreciates that. So let's get into said news. Sound good? Sounds great. If you're not familiar with all of this, you go over to hometown.com, become a citizen or sign in if you're already a citizen i'm going to be adding the gamification stuff so that when you make a comment you get little credits we call ohm and uh, those ohm virtual currencies um may it's not a cryptocurrency don't don't freak out i'm not going to be doing ftx on you um it may eventually turn into something but right now Um, It's basically for you to stock up and uh, let's see what everybody is. Um, And you'll get ohm for posting a comment, voting something up, uh, following people that are on the website. Um, I'm going to try and hook it back up to Twitch. I got a whole thing. It's a thing. So if you want to be part of the thing, over to hometown and sign up but every day 9 p.m eastern we do this show we talk about about 11 articles that's what today is and then we give you the chance to go over to daily elections or past elections and you can actually vote on it it's really easy you just mash the little vote button since i like them all i'm gonna vote for them all and well it's because i actually selected him so ultimately i selected him some get submitted. Sometimes the AI uh, takes a look at things and the AI is right up there. You're still there. I'm still here. And yeah, look, I still. even match the voting colors. Oh, yeah, that's true. Look at that. Huh. Pretty neat. And then there's past ones. So if you're interested in the past ones, you go there. And if you don't want to download the podcast, because I don't know, maybe you don't know about podcatchers. Um, you can just go to hometown daily 
Uh, this one actually syncs up and uh, lists the latest episode um, all the way through the historical list of them. It'll automatically load more as you scroll. Pretty neat. Um, and it'll play the audio version. It's straight out of Apple. Um, so you can, well, it's not actually from Apple. It's listed in Apple and we've changed the name. It's now just hometown daily, um, because it's the hometown podcast, but hometown daily is the new show here on hometown.com. It's a long winded way of saying, go download the podcast. And as always, you can just click on the name and bingo, bango, Bob's your uncle. You got the latest news. This actually for today, 34 minutes is a pretty big lag. So um, maybe today is a slow news day. People are, I don't know. Well, the weekend is usually not as much volume. Yeah, usually when I go and visit the site, it's been about three seconds since the last aggregation. So pretty neat. And then things get funneled into these six main categories and 50 channels underneath it. Um, each one of those is supposed to be a show. So come and hang out, stay in the know, follow, like, subscribe, ring the bell, wherever you might be, keep in touch, but mostly over here on Twitch. That's where I like to be. It's my forever home. At and least you found your forever home, even yeah. though you haven't found your forever game. I have not found my forever game, although I'm really liking a Diablo. But I'm a chill Diablo player, so if you'd like to just be chill and nothing is wacky, frenetic, crazy, screamo, oh my god, I'm dying, um, that kind of thing, come and hang out. Um, I will probably start streaming tomorrow at 10 a.m. Um, and go from there, unless I get pulled away by mayoral duties, which might actually be necessary. I've got a project going on and uh, it might pull me away. Anyway, want to get into the news? I've already said it like four times that we're going to get going. I do. Let's get going. The very first article is in the Warcrafter channel, Devastating Glitches End Diablo 4 Race to Level 100 Hardcore Runs Early. Okay, so I know of other people that are around 50 right now out of 100. So they'll probably but didn't have the game just release about two days ago. Yeah, three days. Yeah. Hey, come Monday. I think it's Monday. I think Monday, everybody is going to be able to join. This is all the early adopter stuff. We paid a premium to get this extra so many days. I'm only level 25. There are people that are level 50, but I'm kind of chill. Like I said, um, but these guys were charging along and then glitches end their race to the uh, level 100, which a thousand people can reach 100 hardcore and get their name on a statue of Lilith. Well, I bet they're not very happy about that then. Well, let's just go over to the source of this article. Tyler Colt. Is that real? Yeah, Tyler Culp. I thought it might have been a typo. I don't remember seeing this name before, but anyway, uh, over at PCGamer.com, Tyler Culp. It says both players were over 10 hours into the race when it all came to an end. 10 hours to level 50 plus. That's amazing. That's an amazing amount of work that they did. Um, 
So Diablo 4's glitches have proven to be more threatening than its demons for, I guess, Diablo 4's demons are glitches. Ha, you like that? I do like that. I'd yeah. probably appreciate it more if I played Diablo myself. Sure. Well, yeah, Diablo 4 has a bunch of demons and there's angels involved. And Anyway, hardcore runs are permadeath. So if you die in the game, your character is wiped out. And since you have to get to level 100, which is the max level in Diablo 4, in the hardcore environment, you can't die. You can never die. So imagine your surprise when a glitch takes you out of the race. And both of them involve something stopping them from taking action. And when they end the game so that they can get out and reboot, like, you know, have you turned it off and on again? They end up with a, a, a restart because they have one character, they load it up, and when they die, it goes back to character creation. So um, Max Maximum Smith um, is the co-owner owner co-owner of esports org Team Liquid. Eighteen hours into the hardcore sorcerer's playthrough, when they were locked in place, couldn't do anything except take health potions. And maybe at that level they have seven or eight, but you start out with five. Um, and, uh, couldn't do anything. So he ended the game end task or something else. He says alt F4, which is basically end task and logs back in character creation screen. No rhyme or reason as to what happened, but character dead. Then the next person, um, where are they? Path of Exile, Speedrunner, and WoW Pro Player uh, Exile. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. Ran into a different run-ending glitch, but it's basically the same thing. Uh, they were hit with a powerful DOT, so a dot damage over time. Um, wouldn't go away. They ended the they end the game log out, right? Log back in because the dot kept on ticking and you don't disappear immediately on exit character deleted. So wow. they started over. <laughs> that's kind of, a well, bummer. I don't know if that's more frustrating than for example, what if you get to level 99 or something and this happens and the glitch happens. Yeah. So I'm not sure what actually is going to go on. Apparently it says there's a rogue named Wudijo, um, who's leading the hardcore race at level 62. I don't know how true that is because I don't know if you know of everybody who's in the race because um, right. I don't think you there's a leaderboard. Just, are there people? Well, there are obviously people streaming it. So is that right. what it's based on or could they actually see the stats? I don't know. Uh, I don't know where the stats are. If there is a stats list, I don't know where they are. Um, so maybe. No, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to go and look. Pardon me. I, ha I have the sniffles because of allergies. They're they're actually kind of killing me and it's making me cough too. I don't have a cold. Well, anyway, pretty neat uh, adventure that's underway. I know of at least three people that are level 50 
um, at least level 50, but nobody higher than that. Um, 52 to 50 is the range that I know people. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious who is actually closer. And I have a feeling that there is some 12 year old that's sitting in uh, Tacoma, Washington, that is at like 78, hasn't slept in three days, hasn't showered in three days. And there's like pee bottles uh, next to them where they've just been filling these things up because damn it, they're going to get their name on that statue of Lilith. You know, I mean, that seems a bit much. <laughs> uh, man, I was into World of Warcraft when it first came out. I would lose many a day playing that game. I had to stop playing World of Warcraft to uh, focus on my NBA. <laughs> and other uh, World of Warcraft, NBA. <laughs> one of the, one I'm sure some people would pick something else. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, it probably would have been, well, anyway, I'll just move on. So pretty cool. I will probably not make it to the 1000. So we'll see. Okay, let's hope that all of the glitches take everybody out. Kind of like royalty, right? Like I have a banner and crest and I could be royalty in england all i have to wait for is like a million people to die and i will have the throne <laughs> so if enough people that are really charging ahead glitch yes. out then maybe the all rest of, these glitches, of the players have a chance <laughs> all of these glitches are just taking out the the people that don't run into the glitches so we're kind of like long-term long tail beta testers Let's go on to the next article. like the turtle and the hair, right? That's right. There you go. I'm just going to wait. Sorry, my headphones keep falling out. My ears are squeezing my headphones and throwing out my uh, IMs. Okay. You want to go on to the next article? Sounds good. Sounds good. This next article is uh, in the hometown daily channel. That's the show channels are shows. Um, COVID cases could be taking up in the nation's largest city. Wastewater data shows. So if you haven't heard about this, the research. Oh, yeah, that the, <laughs> the AI has decided to throw an error message about COVID cases ticking up um, and I mean, or that's really not good <laughs> wastewater data. Um, so if you haven't heard of this, um, there are uh, wastewater surveillance programs in place for health, um, for the purposes of healthcare, monitoring basically society through the wastewater uh, treatment facilities to detect all manner of things. Like they've detected drugs, uh, they've detected healthcare issues. Um, and it's usually a leading indicator because people don't necessarily know that they're sick, but it can be detected can be detected in bulk, eh, I guess, um, with your wastewater because it's all, kind of, it's ticking up and it all, this is all gonna sound really gross. While all of this blends together into a bulk data point, regardless of what the bulk data point is, it's not pointing at a person. 
It's just saying that society in the regional area is ticking up if, you know, that the issues are ticking up if it's detected more and more and more. The baseline is there should be no COVID-19 in the wastewater, healthy society. But as it starts ticking up, you get the precursor to a pandemic because it's gotten to a threshold. So people that talk about herd immunity and whatever else are dipshits because there is no such thing as herd immunity. If the person next to you dies from COVID-19 because everybody's relying on herd immunity, we're not base animals. We're human beings. <laughs> yeah. Freaking well, and sociopath. even if it was a thing, think about all the mutations. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. We're, we're like on seven different versions of COVID-19 right now. Anybody, anybody that sits there and promotes herd immunity is a sociopath. I mean, you've got to be out of your freaking mind mm. to suggest and that. We've also seen cases, of course, of people getting COVID more than once. Yeah. Which right there, that kind of disproves it. Yeah, there is no immunity. I mean, there's immunity to the instance, but... If it mutates, you're going to get it again. And you may be even more prone because while you get the illness, it takes its toll on your body. It lowers your autoimmune system and then you get it again and you get long COVID from the second strike. And now, now you've basically confirmed that you're a sociopath. So wear a mask, <laughs> get the vaccine if you can. Obviously, there are people out there that can't. Uh, because of health reasons. And before I get too far into this rant, which is already too late, I'm going to throw both of these articles into the chat so that you, your viewers and listeners, can check out the links yourself. Um, but hey, let's go over to the source of this article. I am not sure why this is... Can I pause this? I can unmute it. it. Doesn't seem to be, but I thought the person's expression kind of fit the headline at the and beginning. And that right there is me <laughs> trying to back away from this conversation. Anyway, here, let me refresh this. Yeah, I'll just leave that there. I don't know why it started autoplay. I don't. I, I thought autoplay. Yeah, autoplay. Huh. Okay. Now they're putting commercials in the idle time in this browser. Wow, that's kind of. That's kind of creepy. Anyway, I'm on their site, so whatever. So this article is by Mary Kakatos, abcnews.go.com. It came in on June 2nd. Um, I'm not sure. Normally our articles are from the last 24 hours. I'm not sure. What right. I wonder if the timestamp showed up later or something, or maybe there was an That's update. Huh? Yeah. So maybe it wasn't fed into the aggregator the at the right time. It, it got fed in later. I mean, it's still current. It's just not as current as the rest yeah. of the articles. I'll have to look into it because the aggregator picks it up and we only talk about the last 24 hours. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's two inside baseball. COVID cases could be taking taking up in New York City. The other article, the, the actual headline over here was in the nation's largest city. But when you actually follow the link now, it says up in New York City, wastewater data shows 
The deck statement is most wastewater plants in the city show high levels of virus detection. Well, that's why uh, we have these detection facilities um, to find out if there is something brewing that we don't know. And that way, if a bulk number appears that might trigger something like a FEMA reaction where we notify hospitals that there's something occurring and to stand ready. Um, if it's something that's known and is starting to flourish, then resources at the federal level can be leveraged to a given location, um, part of FEMA. Um, normally it would be something local, like every state has its own internal emergency management uh, agency that reaches out to the federal level when it becomes something more of a national disaster that might be pending. And then it works together um, to activate both state, city, and federal resources in a given location. So it says, what's more, two-week trend data shows that just three of the plans are seeing decreases in virus detection. And so they know where all of the wastewater treatment is coming or wastewater is coming from for treatment. And so they can uh, perform some more uh, information uh, distribution. Like, hey, um, this area, you might be feeling ill, go to a doctor and get tested. Isolate or wear masks more than you have been or whatever. Yeah. And they'll you'll just see kind of marketing messaging but you won't see somebody knocking on doors saying, Hey, are you sick here? Here's a nose swab that has happened in other countries. <laughs> it doesn't happen in the United States. So don't go opening your doors to people looking to do a swab. <clears throat> That's probably good advice regardless of the pandemic <laughs> and especially in a, a large metropolitan area like New York city. I'm an amateur nose swabber. I'm just walking through the neighborhood and thought that you would like a <laughs> complimentary nose swab. Hold still. I'm going to be touching your brain with this because <laughs> they really jabbed those things in there, man. It was like putting books back on a shelf when they did that to me. Maybe they were an amateur, a semi-pro nose swabber. Let's move on. I think that's wise. <laughs> this next article is over at the Mobile Channel. And uh, Buzzworthy, this is where our title comes from. Honeybee health blooming at federal facilities across the country. While judges, lawyers, and support staff at the federal courthouse in Concord, New Hampshire, keep the American justice system buzzing, thousands of humble honeybees on the building's roof are playing their part in a more important task. Feeding the world. So this is over at fizz.org by Mark Pratt. Okay, I'm really happy to see this because, I mean, I know we talk about bees a lot on here, but they're so critical of the ecosystem. So true. Carrying his bags. Full of pollen. So um, the Warren B. Rudman Courthouse in one of several fed federal facilities around the country participating in the general services administration's pollinate pollinator initiative a government program aimed at assessing and promoting the health of bees and other pollinators 
I'm having a problem saying pollinator, uh, which are critical to life on Earth. Quote, anybody who eats food needs bees, said Noah Wilson Rich, co-founder, CEO, and chief scientific officer of the Boston-based Best Bees Company. Lots of bees. (laughs) Whatever kind you want. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, and this, whenever I think of Boston, I think of Boston baked beans, and this is Boston-based best bees. Okay, well, let's hopefully it's not Boston baked bees. (laughs) Boston-based baked bees? Ugh. Um, Anyway, (laughs) uh, I don't know, maybe that with honey, it's pretty yummy. Um, no, no, you're working contrary to this initiative. We're trying to save the bees, not eat the bees. <laughs> I am trying to save the bees. They're yummy. <laughs> this is so going to get taken out of context when I run for office somewhere <laughs> other than hometown. Right. Mayor Watt espoused um, killing bees. <laughs> no, you bake them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move on. Um, so... Uh, which contracts with the government to take care of the honeybee hives at the New Hampshire courthouse and at uh, some other federal buildings. Bees help pollinate the fruits and vegetables that sustain humans, he said. They pollinate hay, or they pollinate hay and alfalfa, which feed cattle that provide the meat we eat, and they promote the health of plants that, through photosynthesis, give us clean air to breathe. That is kind of an understatement. They they pollinate everything that can be pollinated. It isn't just pollinating hay and alfalfa that leads to, because right now we could probably lose, and I'm not, this is a hypothetical, so don't everybody uh, accuse me of talking about a government experiment where a drone kills people. Um, This is the whole context. (laughs) So think of this. Um, Meat isn't the only way to get protein and a holistic diet that's why vegetarians and vegans exist and they're healthy so we could actually lose cattle and we'd be okay if we lose plants we're done (laughs) i think part of the what the reason these examples are given here is it's kind of like regardless of who you are or what your diet is you have a connection to bees like you should care about this because this is going to impact you sure but i agree it's kind of like undersells this <laughs> i want it to be almost in all caps with tons of exclamation points like something really to the point like if the bees die you die or something pretty like much that. i mean they help <laughs> pollinate the fruits and vegetables that sustain humans like, no they're it they're pretty it's much not it. quite <laughs> it's an accident it's an accident it's almost it's the rng right the random number god says if pollen is going to land on a flower from another associated flower and thus pollinate and it has to match you know you then the same thing happens with every other flower bees on the other hand hop from one thing to another and it's almost a guarantee that um you know in any sunflower you're gonna have a bee hopping from one giant sunflower to another sunflower and it's gonna pollinate everything um and that pollination stuff leads to things like sunflower seeds which you can soak in some water and then grow under a little light 
Um, and you can make your own sunflower microgreens right there in, in the comfort of your own basement. So I promote making your own at home microgreens because then you don't have to go out and spend copious amounts of money on something that's bought in a store and it's wildly expensive. Go ahead. And also you're not using gasoline in your car and you're not polluting the air with the emissions from your car and you're not doing this and that and you're not involving lots of packaging and yeah. no insecticides. You're just helping all around. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to worry about pretty much anything. If you do it right, you set it up right. You can pretty much feed yourself um, in the comfort of your own home um, with nothing more than 10 by 20 uh, grow bins. So anyway, check it out. And uh, we would still need bees to pollinate the fruits and vegetables that provide the seeds that eat the microgreens, except there would be at least a few people out there that aren't adding to the insecticide plague that's actually killing bees. So grow naturally, folks. Um, okay, so they say yet the busy insects that contribute to uh, an estimated 25 billion to the U.S. economy annually are under threat from diseases, agricultural chemicals, habitat loss that kills about half of all honeybee hives annually without human intervention, including beekeepers creating new hives. The world would experience a bee extinction that would lead to global hunger and economic collapse. Not to mention companies are using uh, genetically modified seeds so that it has to use a particular insecticide um, and formula growth formula so and it has a, a shelf life <sighs> it, it gets a little more complicated than this but anyway um, you can't just go and grab that seed and grow it in your backyard because it's actually illegal to use gmo seed without paying for it by the people that produce it but you can go and grab a naturally growing sunflower seed turn it into another sunflower <laughs> take all of those seeds grow all of them into sunflowers and give a place for bees to go and pollinate and make their honey and make more bees so the pollinator pro program is part of the federal government's commitment to promoting sustainability, which includes reducing greenhouse gas emissions, promoting climate resilient infrastructure, um, said uh, David Johnson, the GSA's sustainability program manager for New England. They have 11 um, properties. Pretty cool. Well, they say that they're no longer some are no longer in the program, but they're still in existence. So once they're once they're there, as long as something doesn't happen, like colony collapse, um, they could be there in perpetuity. And that's all it is. It's just a bunch of uh, wood planks. Man, I, I think could... this is great. I hope they expand this. It sounds like it's kind of a pilot. Um, it doesn't really say hopefully... when it started, does it? I don't think it did. Um, yeah. I think we'd have to look for that up outside the article so look yeah i guess it's on the roof of that building let's scroll well back i also up. like that too because it's kind of like unutilized space and typically these buildings are pretty large so that's pretty neat 
Yeah, as long as it's built to hold that much weight up there, because all of that static weight and moisture, you know, water's pretty heavy and wet soil is even more heavy, you know. So, yeah, pretty neat. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so um, let's let's go on to the next article. This next article is over in Hometown Daily Channel. The $500 million robot pizza startup that you never heard of has shut down, according to a report. A uh, robot pizza startup that raised almost $500 million has shut down. The information reported uh, Zoom, which probably should have been uh, a prophetic name, uh, aimed to automate the pizza making process and raised funds from the likes of SoftBank. The company struggled with technological programs or problems, sorry, problems uh, before changing its business model. Zoom, which sounds really close to Zune, which is a failed music player uh, from Microsoft, the uh, robot pizza delivery startup that raised close to $500 million has shut down. So Nathan Reynolds over at the uh, businessinsider.com wrote this uh, article. This is a Zoom pizza truck. That thing is well, huge. I think we featured it before. I was doing a search, but it didn't come up in the podcast um, hmm. discussions. But I think we mentioned this before. I think this is a different company. And it may be. But we have a company name. We have spoken about robot pizza. Yes. Um, so uh, how do you get $500 million in struggle? That's weird. Like you would have to have a working prototype to pitch to somebody or be so well informed about the technology to elicit $500 million worth of investment. Huh? I don't know. Maybe I don't have that much you know, charisma that I can't even get five bucks from somebody unless I have an actual prototype. You know, it just seems like, I mean, it's almost set up to fail. It's that's a lot of money to sink into something that's. I mean, it's almost Theranos level. I mean, it's not, but I'm just saying that the yeah, it, but it for the like item. It. Yeah, for the item, you would think that this is quite a ton so according I mean, considering to considering how much pizza ingredients cost and everything <laughs> yeah it's weird the failure comes despite zoom uh raising hundreds of millions of dollars from investors including softbank and ame cloud ventures per crunchbase so crunchbase is tech crunch they broke it off as crunchbase which is really interesting because i asked them many years ago if i could buy crunchbase because i thought that it was underutilized and uh, basically told no <laughs> um and then it almost immediately got spun out as crunchbase as a separate thing it was quite fascinating um i don't know well anyway it doesn't matter so it's one of those things where i've said hey this is pretty cool and suddenly it happens um not saying i'm not taking credit for it i'm just saying that it's always interesting when you talk to somebody or you try to do something and suddenly there's it actually happens you're obviously on the right path 
you just happened to miss the bus. Anyway, so um, it says that Zoom is insolvent. That means they've got nothing. Like there's nothing really there. Um, the Sherwood Partners, a restructuring firm, had been instructed to sell the company's assets. It ceased trading in May, according to a person with knowledge of the matter per the report. So it apparently had struggles with stopping melted cheese from sliding off its pizzas while they cooked in moving trucks. Okay, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, what do food trucks do that sell pizza? Do they have the same issue or do they only cook it once they get there? Like to their destination? What Why the heck is, is going different? on? Why are they driving so fast that physics are part of the equation? <laughs> Maybe AI is controlling the speed of the vehicle. I don't know. I've heard of fast food, but come on now. Not the food itself being fast. You cook it fast. So I'm really curious. Like how... I want a video. It says in a leaked email by Insider at the time, co-founder and CEO Alex Garden blamed the job cuts on a series of funding deals that had fallen through, as well as the economic impact of the pandemic. But it had made a series of layoffs. So did it know back in 2022 that there was a problem? Or sorry, I don't 2020. Know what happened? Sorry, back in 2020, it did the layoff. So when did it know? So anyway, it doesn't, I, I just don't, I don't understand. It's not a robot pizza startup. It's a start. I mean, it's a, it's a pizza manufacturing facility. Little Caesars has that on lock. I mean, it's humans that actually roll out the dough and put stuff on it, but they could automate that almost in a heartbeat, you know, just put pre-made, pre-facilitated uh, sliced stuff into a hopper and it could kind of coat um, the, the, the pizza dough. But somebody has to roll it out and all that kind of stuff. Um, automating this, this is a huge, why? I just don't, I don't get that. I understand a pizza truck, but... Take the pizza truck somewhere, park it, and start making pizza. You don't have to make it while you're en route. Weird. Okay, well, anyway, thanks, Nathan Reynolds over at Business Insider for a little giggle. So I recently heard a streamer talking about those um, metallic orbs that are flying around the battle group. Ah, uh, yes. Not only did I recently hear it, hear the streamer talking about it. I heard them today, not 30 minutes well, before the show started. Yeah. Um, well, and we had it on our show yesterday and we had it on our show yesterday. Yeah. So it's hot news. Well, this I heard yesterday after the show as well. Uh, hometown daily. This is something that I saw in hometown. Um, UFO reverse engineering project should be made public, according to an ex-Intel official. Americans need to know the truth about aliens, says Christopher Mellon on Saturday. I had heard about this Friday night, so I'm not 
just on Saturday. <laughs> this I, I actually heard about. Um, so I guess nobody outside of the U.S. needs to know anything about aliens. Correct. So this is a Newsweek article. Andrew Stanton is the author of this. And again, the title is UFO reverse engineering project should be made public ex Intel official. Um, so if you're not in the know, UFOs are now UAPs. Um, and several military intelligence officers, personnel, military active duty, command level, etc., have all said, Am I past eight minutes? Yeah, just a little bit. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. That shit's flying around and we don't know what it is. In a nutshell, aliens. I've never seen well, one. I don't know. Well, if you I've saw seen the some other on ridiculous buses. article. Late night waffle houses. <laughs> I've seen aliens. Um, Did you but, see the one about the Bart Simpson balloon today in the news? No. I didn't even submit it because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> like it was kind of like, oh, there was a UFO sighting, but it was actually a Bart Simpson balloon. <sighs> That's just marketing. So uh, former intelligence official is calling on the federal government to make uh, information public about the alleged reverse engineering project involving unidentified flying objects. They call them UFOs I mean, in the article, but it's UAP. Yeah, hmm? get with it. <laughs> yeah, come on. So Christopher Mellon, a former deputy assistant secretary of defense for intelligence who specializes in UFOs, wrote in a political Politico opinion piece published Saturday that he has received reports that the government has engaged in a reverse engineering project involving UFOs. He urged the government to make any records public, though these reports could not be independently verified by Newsweek. By the way, if you file a FOIA request that involves anything UFO, let me kind of lead you into what your response is going to be. No, <laughs> it's going to basically say we don't have any. There is no information about UFOs or UAPs or whatever, except for this publicly disclosed information. Why? <laughs> because if they really don't want you to know, they're not going to tell you. But we do know some things. UAPs exist and there's fighter jet uh, video evidence of it and communications during that time between people on the boat and in the air. And so it, it's a thing. Now this reverse engineering thing implies that we have a UFO or a multitude thereof. Um, and area 51 was a documentary, not just fiction and, and myth. Um, well, depending on which circles you walk, you'll hear these kind of stories. Actually, if this has actually happened. There are things like men in black and there are uh, little aliens with big heads and tall aliens with skinny bodies and uh, lizard people. And maybe one of them runs a social network. But anyway, follow this link, this link right here. Um, and on this page, 
is a video and that video involves a ufo well that actually looked like a drone <laughs> but maybe something else i don't know it was hard to see what it was it didn't scream uap to me but yeah i don't know if that was what they were actually talking about but they're tracking something else in this i don't have the audio because i don't have the rights to play the audio um and pure video apparently doesn't matter yeah so if you're listening via the podcast basically whoa oh it's clicking in um so this looks like it's a thermal camera um looking at something that's in the air or somewhere there's no really way no real way to discern what it is what so nobody knows what this thing is it actually looks like it has propulsion of some kind but that might be it looks like a fish except it's in the air see the problem that i have with this video is first off it's it looks like it's FLIR or the equivalent what now it's going pew pew out of the back pew pew that must be a tracker yeah that's tracker um there's no way to reference what is actually happening because there what there's no there's nothing in the background to show that it's moving there's nothing in the foreground to show scale context But that thing looks like it has 360, well, a spherical uh, thrust system. Like range of motion or whatever. Yeah. See that? Like uh, it basically just gave off like a burst of what looked like thermal energy. But this is a thermal camera, I think, um, like FLIR. I just don't know what tech this is. I'd have to look. Um, oh, now there's an object in the Middle East as well. I think I've seen this one before. It flies over that field right there. Um, and yeah, there it is. There's that little silver ball that nobody knows what the hell it is. And it just goes zooming on by. (laughs) Um, so if you want to see some of the latest, um, I think that last one is this right here looks like a drone like a raptor style drone um but the the thing that they end up tracking that flies right there that's something that they didn't know and then later deeper into the video is this thing looks like a a ball um but you can actually see through it but that might be an effect of the camera not the recording device the FLIR um but this is from the military and as i was going to say to this other streamer and what i do say to people who go well this is a hoax or it's faked why the hell would the what is the self-described um superior military force why would it go around saying we aren't actually in 100% control of our airspace. Right. I mean, if nothing else, it presents a weakness right. to any adversaries. In yeah, addition even if the, to just even not if, 
being no knowledgeable about what's happening. Sorry. Yeah. No. 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 You're fine. Um, even if if it emboldens somebody to make the mistake to attack, it's still signaling to people that the U.S. military doesn't know what's going on in its air. Now, the simple fact that a Chinese surveillance weather balloon kind of trotted multiple times over several years across the United States and nobody really took notice or at least disclosed it publicly, that really emboldens a country to just kind of start tooting things off. <laughs> hey, here you go. Here's another balloon. Here's another balloon. Well, thankfully... You know, Biden right, blew one until you notice <laughs> Biden blew one out of the sky as a signal. Uh, you might want to stop sending balloons over our airspace. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, aliens, folks, they're in the air. And. Uh, I don't know, maybe if you want to be abducted and probed, um, just go stand out. I don't know where, where do you think, maybe I can look up hotspots for aliens and, uh, <laughs> I don't know where there are hotspots for aliens, but I know where there seem to be hotspots for sightings of UAVs. Really? Where is there a hotspot for sightings? Well, it seems Nevada? like at least in the U S it's been, well, yeah, Nevada, but, um, the coast, it seems like all the recent material that's been released has been oh, like right. right off both coasts yeah i guess there's no civilization out there so maybe that's where the aliens are they're underwater maybe they're fish just high-tech well, fish that are swimming around up in the sky this video looked like a fish <laughs> based on the way it was moving <laughs> i think you cracked the puzzle the mystery is it's cetacean they they are it's whales that are swimming up out there. Most we, definitely. Here you heard it on hometown. We've solved all of the UAP questions. <laughs> all of the UAPs are actually fish flying around in their cars. <laughs> Let's move on. This next article is over in hometown daily as well. And um, here, I'll throw that into the chat. Somehow, 32 school districts in Mississippi are still under federal orders to desegregate. Okay, they wanted, they're under federal orders to desegregate 60 years? 70. 70 years later. 32 I mean, school districts. I mean, how is this even a thing? So I'm really curious. As if it's in just the time passage. I don't mean how did it materialize, but... Oh, well, we know how it materialized, but yes, exactly. That's not what I was getting into. Yeah. So this is a business insider article by the AP Michael Goldberg from the Associated Press is the author. Now I was thinking, and maybe it'll say it in the article that this is just a holdover of the federal government where somebody didn't, uh, deactivate the order. That's what I was hoping is what's going on in this article. So let's see. Enforcing the open desegregation orders fit into a broader body of civil rights work launched in Mississippi that is examining jails, police departments, and hate crimes in the state, according to Assistant General Kristen Clark. 
of the U.S. Department of Justice's Civil Rights Division. So apparently, they're still under active federal requirement to desegregate. So not, does that imply that they're not? It's modern. Desegre desegregated? Well, I was going to say, I have this strange feeling that the moment oh, that they're not nice. under a federal mandate to desegregate, they would segregate. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. In our ongoing sorry, efforts. Hmm? Oh, I was going to say, there was also an article that we didn't put in our show, but um, there's an effort to kind of replace Brown versus Board of Education right. with an earlier case. I saw that come through hometown about a day or so. A couple ago. of days ago, yeah. Um, I, I didn't bring that into um, because until until something actually happens um i didn't want to report uh theory or rumor right or exactly it wasn't actual just broad news discussion yet. yeah but i mean it's it's interesting and and when it does pop up again i think that i will um bring it on board but this isn't our efforts ongoing efforts to fulfill the promise of brown v board of education we currently have 32 open cases with school districts here in mississippi it's modern. It's not it. Okay. So if you're interested in law and things like that, okay, you can do a search for various laws in various towns and states and some states and some towns have laws that have never been eradicated because once they're on the books until somebody challenges the law, it remains. Right. So, so you'll you, see really ridiculous old school laws that say something like you can't walk the cow down main street on a tuesday or something i'm just making that up i don't know if there's actually a law out there that says that there is not exactly but yeah you're not allowed to uh walk a cow down the middle of main street and it was one that was um brought to my attention uh like 20 years ago or something like that that actually exists in some state i'll have to go and look um if it's worthy of you know bringing it back let me know in chat i'll <laughs> i'll i'll go and do a search um but this is modern 32 open cases with school districts here in mississippi and in each of those cases we are working to ensure that these districts comply with desegregation orders from courts <laughs> what is wrong with people what is wrong with people so Clark spoke to a small group of residents, local leaders and reporters uh, Thursday at the Holmes County Circuit Court Complex in Lexington, about 62 miles from Jackson, the state capital. Mississippi is the uh, latest stop in Clark's listening tour throughout the Deep South. The Justice Department is learning where to direct resources and where it might need to mount civil rights lawsuits. I think these rinky-dink towns are the problem where the, because I don't want to sit there and make everything about race because it's really mental health. You know, a, a, a well-rounded person with coping skills and sees people as people doesn't sit there and go, well, I'm going to treat you different because you're black or I'm going to, or I'm going to treat you different because you're white. 
I'm going to treat you as a human being and the uniqueness that is you regardless. Right? So I think that really is the problem that there are people that don't see other people as human. No, I agree. And by the way, I found one of these, but I'm sure there are others. Um, Little Rock, Arkansas had our law against um, walking a cow down or just walking a cow between um, certain hours. And it was very specific. <laughs> <laughs> like there were like three time frames that were at issue. I don't I don't know what the backstory is on it, but <laughs> It's just like the writing on a plastic bag, not putting it over your head. It's because somebody did it. And so now we can't walk our cows. Because somebody did it the wrong way. So in 2017, a Mississippi Delta school, uh, agreed school district emerged to uh, agreed to merge two high schools after nearly 50 years of litigation in which the district sought to maintain historically black and white schools. Okay, now, is it just me, or, or do you need litigation to really go, hmm, this, this is the right thing to do? Yeah, well, there's always more, and there's context to these things, and there's subtle nuance that people won't understand. Um but there are, you know, things referred to as historically black or historically white schools or whatever. Um, but I am not necessarily hip to the idea of locking a school down to any one designee, you know, like anything. If somebody wants to go to a school and they qualify for all of the aspects of that school, so be it. Right. Well, and this is an issue here because this is a high school, which is arguably state run. Right. And everybody has to go through the high school, whereas there are certainly historically black colleges, uh, for instance, but those are, as far as I know, private um, right. schools. My point is you can choose where to go and there may be interest in going to an all black college, depending right. on your experience. Um but I and, don't see it in a state-run school. And in many situations, it's almost necessary because of the systemic uh, bias towards yes. a particular designation of that, person. That's what I was you know? kind of getting at, but didn't quite uh, say. So quite a few people don't feel that they can get equal treatment or opportunity because of the bias that exists. We might have another article. I don't know if I nixed it or not because it would have got me soapboxing. Um, but so I totally agree that in some cases you need an institution that levels the playing field because there's so much overt bias in another direction. Um, but I don't like, I think everybody should be treated, uh, treated equal. We are all the same. We just have, you know, subtle differences in upbringing and uh, innate talent. Some people have to work a whole lot harder to learn a, a, a skill. Um, 
but we are all flesh and blood and bones and whatever pizza we've eaten over the years of our existence. Hopefully um, not this robot pizza where the cheese slid off. That, oh, yeah, that, that's true, too. So, I don't know. I, I want more equity and inclusion and equality. Um, man, I hope I... If I left off this article, then I apologize. But there's an article that talks about this um, in a different well, context. Really, and I'm glad this article is published because I wasn't even aware that there were um, places that were not desegregated in the U.S. I mean, and I mean like state-run institutions. I don't mean there aren't racism issues, or but there certainly right. are. Um, but this headline was astonishing. Yeah. And it goes into greater detail. So um, you'll have to follow the link uh, because it does go into greater detail. Uh, like what I have scrolled through is only about two thirds of the actual article. So um, and it's primarily it. The reason why a, a school or school district would want to be segregated is because of ignorance and the school should not be at should not be a bastion of ignorance because ignorance is the reason why racism exists. The moment that you go to college and you learn that people are people because in high school, you're largely brought up by your parents and you're housed inside that culture, whatever it might be. And older people teach the younger people these kind of ways of thinking. Once you go off to college, your your eyes are opened up as long as the college is a, a holistic college if it pins you into a particular mindset and you don't become aware of that bias you well, you better break out of it because you're on the wrong side of history <laughs> agreed so i have to mention this because i looked it up um this is a even assuming it's meeting this standard, which I don't know that it is, but there was a concept called separate but equal mm -hmm. um, that was viewed as racist. And that was from the 1800s. Mm -hmm. And there was a big court decision on that. Um, and it might be mentioned in this article. That was done away with, of course, with by Brown versus Board of Education. Right. But in addition to all the ethics and morality and just treating people as humans, like they are going back essentially to the 1800s by doing this um, or even earlier. And oh, it's yeah. just astonishing to me because the Brown versus Board of Education, I had to look it up. I think it was 1954. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that changed them away from the separate but equal Right. Which it seems like this uh, district or this state is still kind of following. Yeah. And that phrase actually has its beginning somewhere else. Um, well, where it uh, it's associated with the Plessy versus Ferguson case, which was a big decision before Brown versus Board of Education. But I'm sure it's from other things. Yeah, there's something else that I know that from. I know that it was a big uh, 1896. Yeah, Plessy v. Ferguson. Um, 
Yeah. So modern times though dictates that you should not be looking back to the freaking 1800s for our legal foundations. I mean, I'm broadcasting this to the entire world. And I know that people from all over the world are visiting Ohm town. So everybody is equal. Everybody is equal. I don't care about. True, but well, there I mean, be I care. Separation, right? There should be no separation, right? Yeah. Um, oh, where, where is that other article? I'm trying to remember. Okay. I'm I'll try and, uh, not fixate on this. My Do you know if it was article. in the submissions or something? Yeah, separate? I think it's in the submissions there. Okay. I'll look for it. Um, anyway, so, um, let me, let's move on to the next article. I'm becoming apoplectic trying to fix, trying to remember this other article. Anyway, this next article is in hometown daily. Um, ticks die when they bite him. How about that? This man's immunity to ticks could pave the way for a tick vaccine. Richard Ostfeld gets a burning, itching welt after a tick bites, but has never gotten sick from one. Researchers suggest histamine in the blood kills the ticks long before they can infect him. He has acquired tick resistance, which may help guide research and development of a tick vaccine. Pretty fascinating. So when ticks bite Richard Ostfeld, they die. So all you have to do is get a Richard Ostfeld and walk around <laughs> with him and periodically exactly, and get rid of all the ticks. <laughs> you rub up against Richard Ostfeld and no, please don't do that. Um, right. Anyway. Leave uh, that person alone. <laughs> Respect <Yeah>. their space. <laughs> yeah. So the articles over at Business Insider, Emily Swaim, I think is how they pronounce their last name, um, is uh, the author of this. They have a disgusting Getty image of a tick that looks like it's salivating at somebody's ankle. Like it just wants to. Oh, look at those ankles. Yummy. And not in the OnlyFans kind of way. Anyway, um, so this person has acquired tick resistance. Oh, it's actually being referred to as that acquired tick resistance, ATR. Thanks to his work as a community ecologist, Ostfeld often roams through uh, tick infested territory and hundreds of ticks have bitten him over the years. He said all these bites have trained his immune system to recognize and attack certain proteins in the tick saliva. And then in parentheses, it says, but don't go searching for ticks just to try and build immunity since you might contract a debilitating tick-borne disease. Yeah, because they're like Petri dishes. Oh, uh, they got another Getty image of a red and white tick. Yeah, that should not be a thing. Um, what I was thinking is this kind of proves the thing about um like if an insect is or not an insect but a creature such as a spider is coming after you like who's more terrified the spider or the person <laughs> um and i'm thinking here the tick is <laughs> yeah i believe it there's a book it's really it's like a i think it's from the 70s it's a, a book called everything i needed to learn i learned in kindergarten and uh, in that is a story about 
a spider landing on him and him freaking out. But then he realized, what about the spider? It must be like, oh my God, I'm on a human. <laughs> I didn't know that was from there. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this rapid tick death uh, isn't just karma for her stealing Ostfeld's blood. It also protects him from tick-borne disease such as Lyme or what, what is babesiosis? I've never heard of that, um, which can cause, which can damage organs and cause long-term disability. Well, damaging organs is pretty much these diseases come from bacteria and viruses collectively known as pathogens. Wow, this is really watering things down, uh, which pathogens local ticks carry depend on the species and where you live. So ticks are everywhere except in this region. Is that, is that right? Uh, maybe because of the um, climate, but I thought there were ticks in that area, maybe just different varieties. Huh. American dog tick. So these are the American dog tick. Yeah, because I think there's Love one that, that um, is in like the Colorado yeah. Rocky Mountains area. In Oregon, Washington. Yeah, they. I know they have ticks. So anyway, Nevada and Arizona. They've got ticks for crying out loud. Anyway, um, so it, it says here he added that roughly one in five ticks can infect infect you with babesiosis, and uh, one in ten can cause anaplasmosis. No thanks. Um, and one third of ticks carry the bacteria that cause Lyme disease. So I'm out. Um, I, from now on, if I go out for a walk and there's a field anywhere nearby, I am going to be wearing a dry suit, um, that I would normally wear diving. And it basically turns me into bubble mare. It's sometimes safer just not to leave the house. Sure. Hey, and I'm growing my own food. So ta-da, I never have to set foot outside. But I live in hometown, so hometown is perfect, environmentally perfect. Anyway, um, if you should stumble across a tick, don't pull it out of you. You should. I think the current method is what to use something hot to yeah. make it retract its fangs. That way you don't pull his fangs like a hair off. Dryer? Yeah anything other than pulling it uh you're supposed to actually use tweezers apparently according to the cdc and gently pull it out yes Take... pull upward with steady even pressure yeah don't don't like flick it off of you yeah i had thought that you're supposed to use something hot not like burning hot but something that motivates I it so to too. run away okay so take your time. Don't freak out. Be careful because you don't want it. I thought that you don't want it to like regurgitate back into you. I didn't I've read all of the steps from CDC. How about go to CDC's website if this there you happens? Go. How to get a tick off you. Do a search for that. <laughs> not you. Uh, not the AI. Uh, all of you out there. Um, let's throw that article into 
the chat and let's go on to the next article quickly before a tick lands on us. This is in the hometown daily as well. A remote castle in Scotland is up for sale for only 37,000 US dollars or 30,000. I think it's pounds, right? Yeah, 30,000 pounds. But there's a catch, a $15 million catch. The castle is on sale in Shetland, Scotland for around $37,000, but the property will cost $15 million to renovate. The sellers are looking for an investor to help turn the property into a world-class retreat with 24 bedrooms. I don't know why I said 27. Anyway, the castle um, in Scotland is for sale. So what do you say? You want to you wanna move to Scotland? Well, I don't necessarily want the $15 million catch. Aaliyah Schoab is really cool. Is the author. Businessinsider.com is the place this is aggregated from. Let me throw this into chat real quick before I start talking about it. There you go, folks. Um, so there's the castle. Let's keep on scrolling through this to see if there's additional pictures. Um, pictures are worth a thousand words. So the is I think that's Bro, right? Or Brew, Brew Lodge Trust, which is formed, which was formed in the 1990s to preserve the 200-year-old building, has put together a plan to renovate the property and turn it into a luxury retreat with 24 bedrooms, double bedrooms. They say that they're looking for a philanthropic entrepreneur to realize that vision. That's what it looks like. Hmm. Uh, we're looking at the picture, folks. Sorry for the dead air. It looks like a lot of um, open space. Yeah. So the property like is really big. I don't big. see any roofs or anything except for maybe in one area. Like this has like a little watchtower that's up on a hill. Um, I don't know what this uh, There's a lot of stuff here. So it's located on an island. Uh, Fettler in Shetland, Scotland. That's it right there. Wow. Okay. So do you get the whole island? There are more than 100 islands scenic. in Shetland, of which 16 are inhabited. Fetlar is the fourth largest island and only has 69 people currently living there. Nice. So I guess you don't get the island. Nope, guess not. It was built in 1825. The home was inhabited until the 1970s, then laid empty for several years before undergoing repairs. Huh? This is it? I'm not feeling this. That's a visualization. But this is what they... Okay, so this is what they want? No. Okay, is that let's... The catch? I, I don't know. Elevated dining room would have views of land and sea. I don't know if this is what I would envision, though. I mean, if you're going to have 25 rooms and turn it into what are they? What did they? They wanted it to be a retreat. Yes. Hold on. Sorry for the scroll up and down here. Um, let's see. Put together a to plan to renovate the property and turn it into a luxury retreat with 24 double bedrooms. Luxury retreat for who? Like when I hear retreat, I think business. Not uh, when personal. I hear retreat, I think things like yoga. Right, right, right. Like a mind and body kind of stuff. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, a place where everybody can either get together or to get away from and bond with whatever. Um, 
Anyway, Bro Lodge, which is, if I'm pronouncing it right, um, it's almost fitting, is one of the wildest, most remote regions of Britain. Shetland is also called Shetland Islands. It is a subarctic archipelago in Scotland where the Atlantic Ocean meets the North Sea. This thing's going to be freaking freezing in winter. If it's not Especially already. Especially since there aren't any roofs anywhere. Yeah, all of this. So like castle wise, all of this would have had either a purpose um, for like growing crops or um, storage or some putting cattle and things like that. Um, sometimes it's just gardens. It depends on how wealthy the people were at the time. Um, like gardens would be set up in this thing and uh, it would be used to impress. But now, I mean, it doesn't look like there's much in terms of stuff that's actually, these are just walls. These aren't actually developed with a roof and all of that kind of stuff. Exactly. So I don't know where somebody's going to occupy without it some would, serious renovation. It has to be in this building right here, 24 rooms in this building. Right. Yeah, you know where the, the scenery reminds me of is from the show Vera. Right. Yeah. Like it looks like it's straight out of that show. I mean, the oh, scenery sure. is really amazing. Or maybe, um, oh, I've just forgotten the name. There's one that's set in, I think it's Northern Ireland. It's you're, a mystery show. And I've you're forgotten. You're an AI. Name. How are you forgetting anything for crying out loud? My, my hacked version of Chad GPT is. The Bloodlands, or Bloodlands, is the other one I was trying yeah. to think of. It looks like the scenery from that as well. I don't think that I copied the whole thing from ChatGPT. I mean, my AI just forgot something. Is that how is that even possible? Okay, let's move on. I must have had a glitch like uh, Diablo Four. Oh, so if I reboot, I must have rebooted. <laughs> if I reboot, I'm not going to be here. Here, let's try it. Hold on. No, well, maybe I won't be. You should try it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> the next article is over on the Marvel Channel. Major U.S. firms agree to a $1.2 billion forever chemical settlement. Um, three major chemical manufacturers announced Friday that they'll pay nearly $1.2 billion to settle claims that they contaminated water sources across the United States with harmful forever chemicals known as PFAS. Let's go straight over to fizz.org. There's no name uh, to who did this, who wrote this. Uh, so fizz.org, thanks. Um, I guess Chemors, right? Um, it, it sounds like it would be a chemical name, Chemors. Um, DuPont and Corteva said in a joint press release that they had reached an agreement in principle to resolve all PFAS-related drinking water claims for areas serving the vast majority of the United States population. By the way, Kimmers is a spinoff from DuPont. I just looked that up. Yeah, so it's pretty much one and the same. When you get too big and you have to spin something off, it's to limit liability. Um, a total of $1.185 billion will be given to a settlement fund with Kimors or Chemors, um, contributing 592 million, DuPont paying 400 million, and another 193 million added by Corteva. The group of chemicals known as PFAS, per and polyfluoroalkyl substances, 
I've been found to cause cancer and other health problems and take long periods of time. Yeah, forever chemicals take a long <laughs> period of time to break down. That seems understated, like we were saying on another article yeah. about the bees. So kind of like plastics and other things, we slowly become aware, and I'm sure that there are documents even within these organizations that stipulate that, yeah, this is bad for people. Yet the profiteering capabilities of this, oh, well, everybody's going to be dead, so it's not going to matter. Um, it is, it's almost palpable just how greedy this is that we would rather sell something and make the short-term profit as either an employee or a senior leader of a company than to say no. Well, okay. Like they wouldn't be consuming this stuff. So why should you let other people? You're just a twisted bastard if you do that. Um, anyway, they've been used since the 1940s in a wide variety of industrial and consumer products, such as nonstick pans, carpeting, waterproof clothing, food packaging, cosmetics, cleaning items, basically everything. Um, in addition to the agreement reached by the trio of companies, Bloomberg has reported that industrial giant 3M has signed an agreement in principle worth at least 10 billion to settle other PFAS related lawsuits brought by several US towns and cities. So here's the thing, you know, they not only do they agree to this stuff, but they don't say, yes, we are sorry. Yes, we knew about this or yeah, we are, uh, Here's even more money because we know that we caused this because we didn't do enough digging into our own research and development procedures and policies and whatever else. Um, but this agreement in principle basically says, yeah, we, we screwed up, but here's some money. Y'all can't sue us anymore. <laughs> so yeah, 20 exactly. years down the line, unless somebody pierces this, by saying, well, not only did they not provide enough money, but they knew about it and all other, all kinds of other um, awareness stipulations, um, they'll be able to walk away with all of that profit and none of the liability. Well, and of course, we just still don't know all the impacts of PFAS and PFOA. Yeah. And I was just looking up, I do recommend there's a movie called Dark Waters that mm -hmm. talks about DuPont in Ohio. Uh, that one's about PFOA, I believe, but it's it's really a good movie. I mean, it is based in a true story, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I'd recommend that. Um, so uh, let's see here. 3M said in December that it would stop manufacturing PFAS substances by the end of 2025. Yay. So they're still doing it. Yeah, they're still doing it. Um, last year, Dutch authorities warned against eating uh, fish, shrimp, mussels, and other products from the Western Scheldt because of high PFAS levels. When will we learn? <laughs> this is straight out of the water, and we're contaminating it with PFAS to the point where you can't eat the shrimp. Yeah. Right, which means you can't eat whatever is eating the shrimp eating the either. Shrimp. Yeah. I mean, plus then the whole thing about the bioweb, right? Like if yep. you're impacting one uh, creature in it, you're impacting everything. Everything. Yep. 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 Uh, but we, when I've had conversations like this um, outside of Ohmtown, 
um, I get told, you know, well, we're working off of the information that we have available, but I guarantee you somebody inside this company knew that these were horrible and it just wasn't disclosed or the document was destroyed and the person was told, okay, well, we'll fix it. And it was fixed in post, but you know, it doesn't really get fixed or, or everybody involved was like, holy cow, this is a ton of money that we stand to make. So let's just run with it. They have to have known. Oh, but, I bet they knew. And I bet they knew quite a long time ago, which is really concerning because this is a generational issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the DDT thing, you know, that you know, people knew it's like the contamination in other uh, stories that we hear about as movies later on. People knew and still nothing was done about it. So let's move on. Let's move on. So this next article is over in Late Night Geeks. Gig workers get paid. Fidelity slashes Reddit's valuation and AI conquers Minecraft. This is actually a composite article. Um, that comes from TechCrunch. They do this thing called Week in Review. Um, and some of this we've actually spoken of. Um, Kyle Wiggers is the person that put the article together. Um, but yeah, the thing that I thought was in... specifically for Minecraft, actually. <laughs> this was? Yeah. Oh, really? Interesting. So but AI that's okay. conquers. Feature whatever you want to feature. <laughs> no, no. Um, because I actually, I want to. I'll talk about both. Um, so AI conquers Minecraft. An AI researcher has built a Minecraft bot that can explore and expand its capabilities in the game's open world. But unlike other bots, this one basically wrote its own code through trial and error and lots of GPT-4 queries called Voyager. This experimental program or system um, is an example of an embodied agent, an AI that can move and act freely and purposefully in a simulated or real environment. Don't get any ideas because my oh, AI. Oh, I thought I was supposed to be following this. Oh, oh, delete, delete. Um, the thing that I wanted to talk about as well, then, um, and I'm glad that you brought up what you wanted to talk about. Um, so I'm really into Minecraft, not really into Minecraft. I love Minecraft in its basic, <laughs> in principle. So I dig it, but it's really limited. Um, and with mods, with its built-in functionality, you can do really amazing things, like amazing. When I say it's limited, it only has a certain number of things and the requirements for you to complete it are somewhat limited, but there's no, um, like I like having quests and things like that. And so it doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah, that in doesn't the base. really have that. Um, but you do have things that you should do to, to win the game, right? Well, um, with mods, you can go way beyond the basic programming of Minecraft. And that's where I'm just falling in love with Minecraft again. Um, now an AI, basically what this does is it gives a, a learning environment for AI to to travel around in a massive world that it can think is real world. So now imagine this, if we can create a simulation with a bot that thinks that it's alive and walking around and constructing stuff, then why couldn't we be in a simulation? 
uh, dead uh, silence. <laughs> <laughs> so we could all be Minecraft characters walking around in Minecraft. It's just high resolution, but we have a limit on how fast we can go. Right. Can't go faster than the speed of light. Why can't we go faster than the speed of light? Well, because there's rules. Really? Are these hard coded in the program that prevent us from exceeding the speed of light? Huh? Interesting. And we're so far away from another planet that it would take lifetimes of lifetimes to reach the other planet, not planet, but solar system or whatever, whatever it is. Um, it's so far away that without folding space, exceeding the speed limit of light, um, we will never see even the possibility of life in another system. And we've already found that there isn't really life in our, so in the, in the solar system. So our program is encapsulated in this little sphere that we can never penetrate. So we are in a simulation. That's that right there is the foundation for a lot of people thinking that we're in a simulation because we have a rule that's self-limiting. This AI is in its own world and is learning and building its own stuff and surviving just like we are. <laughs> that's pretty fascinating. So but the I article think I just saw what you were interested in here. What's that? Probably the VW electric vehicle. Nope. That wasn't in the headline, but I just happened to see it go by. Yeah, that's another one. So I'm really into Volkswagen. Uh, the ID buzz is basically the uh, Volkswagen bus of the 21st century. It's all electric. I think it's fun. Um, I'm actually waiting for the canoe to go. I actually have uh, my name in line to get a canoe when it releases to the public. But right now it's all business to business. Um, but the ID buzz is this electric van that just screams to me, take me home. And uh, I, I will if it comes to the market sooner. It says the availability of the vehicle is still a year out. The automaker is counting on years of pent up anticipation to not only sell the bus shrouded in nostalgia, but to also have, an, uh, have it act as a halo product to bring customers to the brand's entire EV lineup. Now, I'm waiting for one EV, and that's the ID bus, um, if it has range. The canoe I'm very interested in because of its utility. It has basically it's a Swiss army knife of a vehicle. Um, so I fell in love with the canoe. Anyway, um, what I really wanted to uh, just talk about for a moment is Reddit. Um, the lead investor in Reddit's most recent funding round, Fidelity, has slashed its uh, worth of its equity stake by 41% basically saying that it isn't worth as much as it, it was previously worth. Um, and this is so hot on the heels. what do you think that means for the future? Well, like this article says that it m will impact the viability of it going public at a $15 billion valuation. 
And on top of it, this is hot on the heels of discussion about how they are trying to charge an app developer $20 million a year or something like that so that he has access to the API because it's built on requests. And because everybody is using that app to access Reddit, there's no way that he can pay for it. And I said, well, if Reddit decides that they're not going to lower the price, it kills the app to the point where Reddit can just turn to that developer and say, we will buy out your app because it's worthless right now. We own the lifeblood to your app anyway. So let's, let's end amicably and we'll just buy your app. At because our app sucks. Price. Huh? At yeah, a bargain for, basement price. Yeah, for like $5 million. Even though it's a $15 billion valuation for the business. Maybe this app. Because everybody uses that app. There isn't traffic per se on Reddit itself. And people don't like the, the basic Reddit app. So I find it interesting. Um, but how do you kill your competition? You kill your competition by not allowing them access to the material that funds their... Pardon me one second. And every time I do a show, I cough. Okay, so um, I did not throw this article into the chat. So sorry about that. Um, I think I threw that one in there. Yeah. And uh, let's do the last article. How's that sound? Sounds good. I do like those TechCrunch compilations because they have so many interesting things in one article. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Uh, but it's only once a week. We do the show uh, every day. And somehow, you know, within that, that one week, they have a smattering of what we've been talking about all week. So um, this last article is about AR, um, but it's really I'm taking a jab at something in a joking sort of way, um, because the first thing out of my head or out of my brain was, oh, let me read this. So hands on uh, Creals um, light field display brings a new layer of immersion to AR. So I all I read was that and I'm like, well, I know about Creal. Um, so let's go over to um, or Creel because it's C real. Um, anyway, so this is the device. You want to strap that thing um, to your head? And this is yeah. for augmented reality. It looks like a paper, um, surround. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, well, that's like a prototype. A, I'm a sure it's a prototype. Elementary school, uh, project or something. Yeah, Ben Lang over at RoadToVR.com put this article together. And uh, I've never been to AWE. I don't even know what that is. Um, but I'll, I want to go if it has to do with augmented reality, virtual reality, mixed reality. I want to go to it. It says for more than four years after they caught wind of their tech, Creel's light field display continues to be one of the most interesting and promising solutions for bringing light fields to immersive headsets at 
AWE 2023, they got to check out the company's latest tech and saw firsthand what light fields mean for immersion in AR headsets. Um, so let's see. Most XR or mixed reality headsets today support virgins, um, stereoscopic focus, but not accommodation, single eyed focus. Um, you may have heard of this virgins accommodation conflict, also known in the industry as VAC because it's a pervasive challenge for immersive displays. The reason for the conflict is that normally the virgins and accommodation of your eyes work in tandem to achieve optimal focus on the thing that you want to look at. But in a headset that supports virgins, but not accommodation, your eyes need to break these typical uh, synchronous functions into independent functions. And that isn't easy to do when your vision is being controlled by a display. Um, so that's an annual conference, by the way. Oh, wow. Um, and you can find information about it at awexr.com. Oh, I'll have to take a look. Neat. Um, yeah, there. So it says on an admittedly bulky proof of concept AR, they got to see the company's light field display in its natural habitat floating immersively in front of them. Um, what really got them impressed was that when they held out their hand and a little virtual turtle came floating over to the palm of their hand, even though it was semi-transparent and not exceptionally high resolution or accurately colored, it felt weirdly real. Um, and, and that's really because they're, they're now augmenting your vision with something that follows the same or closer to, um, what your true vision is, but it's using all of this gadgetry up here, um, to sync everything into where your hand is and what objects are in the space so that it can accurately put that element in there. Um, seems pretty neat but this is the thing that blew me away when i first saw this which was natural vision in the personal space so let me mute this and so there's that i've actually seen um, parts of this um in in the past um this um this hummingbird video i saw a while back if I remember correctly, because uh, it looks familiar. So this is through the lens of that device. So it pins it in reality um, much better than today's augmented reality, mixed reality headsets um, because of its um, sensors. So it looks pretty amazing. And with it on your head and you looking through it, it's going to look a whole lot different than this. So, yeah, this is. Unless something happens between now and when this becomes like a, a standard issue technology in VR, this will be the standard um, technology and AR, but other competition could cause the market to standardize around something completely different, or this gets acquired and integrated into 
current product offerings. Oh, wow, that was a trip. It interacted with the person's hand. Unless that was all messed with, you know. They say that there's no post-processing, but there's no way yeah, for it to have... really cool. The technology had to have told the software, hey, the person's raising their finger in three-dimensional space. Pretty neat. So I dig this, um, but like I said, many months ago, I'm really into VR to the point where I am creating a channel called uh, Reality Hacker, which discusses all of this kind of stuff. Um, I just can't be everywhere all at once. So if you are interested in being a host or co-host for that show or any of the others, there's 50 of them. Let's bring you back to the very front page of hometown all of these under these main categories these are all shows and i am looking for a host or co-host to do a show once a week one hour unless you want to stay longer and we can talk shop about that kind of stuff just send an email to mayor at hometown.com and uh we can we can chat it up sorry the ai is sending um information what? That's just for your reference. It's not necessarily. But it, is that show. a law? Um, it had a compilation of a few laws. Oh, really? But one of them actually including, says that. Including the cow one. Right. What about the gator? So there's a law somewhere in Arkansas about don't put gators in your bathtub. Oh, I didn't get that far. I oh, thought okay. the one that was funny was the one about the river is not allowed to rise it, it was kind of making the point that like the river would get thrown in jail or whatever it <laughs> <laughs> which nice. i thought was funny yeah so if you're curious about that kind of discussion you're gonna have to go back in history and look at the beginning of this vod because uh, we ended up talking about uh, basically some uh, uh about the fact that laws don't get taken off the books until another law supersedes it either by challenging it and saying that the law doesn't make sense to exist because it's just kind of muddying the waters or cluttering up the law books um, or it no longer is valid because it never happens like walking your cow down main street problem there is though because once it's been on the books it basically amounts to a challenge to anybody that the moment it does drop off the book, somebody's going to show up with a cow in Main Street just because it's right. now legal. <laughs> so, so that's why. Then what are we going to do? We're going to probably try to pass another law. That's right. And also, it's a lot of effort to get a, a law repealed. So sometimes if it's not really an issue, they just leave it on the... Yeah, because it becomes unenforceable or just not prudent to worry about it because nobody's doing it anyway. So it's a meaningless law, but it's something that you have to, you know, it's naturally a, something that can be litigated on because it exists for a reason. Well, Gotta and that can go both it. ways, right? Like they're either going after somebody who did do the prohibited thing or they're not enforcing it yeah yeah so once it's on the books it's there in perpetuity until somebody either 
has enough gumption to go after it or violates it again and then challenges it in court. So anyway, um, that's it for uh, hometown daily. 11 of the articles that run the gamut from absolutely silly to very serious societal impact um, and everything in between. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Look forward to seeing you here in Twitch chat. Um, I may in the, in the, in the future live stream this over to YouTube as well. Um, but using a restream service introduces a little bit of latency, uh, but I can unify the chat that way. I don't know if I'm going to do that. Um, but if you're interested in that kind of thing and you want me to stream on YouTube, uh, send an email to mayor Happy to, to, to discuss things. If you so desire. At any rate, I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com. We won't flip through all of the stuff at the end like we normally do today. Um, but you want to say bye, oh great AI? Good night, hometown citizens. And we will see you tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. I think we may see you before then, but it won't be for the news. You got it. Take care, everybody. See you soon. Bye-bye.